In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. is so bad it's good with ryan bailey the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate from the classic reality tv moments of the past and present to the latest daily mail headlines and everything in between we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching i'm looking at you Jax taylor i'm your host ryan bailey
I mean, does it get better than that for a Wednesday? Talk about a hump day song. A little Sex on Fire with Bruce Springsteen, I'm on fire. Uh, I'm sorry, even if you don't like Bruce Springsteen, kids, you gotta respect that guy. And I think I'm on fire is one of the sexiest songs. Just play it without that mashup with Kings of Leon. It is so good. I think that is a timeless song. Uh, Anyways, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. This is your Wednesday show. Folks, I I feel like it's been three weeks in this last two days. So if you listen to Tuesday's episode, uh, I'm going to fill you in on what happened, which is exactly what I thought would happen. If you didn't listen to Tuesday's episode, I'll I'll fill you in. Basically, I was in Arizona uh, with my family again because, you know, I'm the... The boy who lives with his family pretty much half of the year and half of the year now. So uh, my dad, uh, you know, was taking me to the airport and he was going to Ohio to see my 97 year old grandmother um, because uh, she lives in a nursing home out there. And uh, he was taking watermelon and watermelon is the code word for my nephew, Connor. Uh, he was on, I think the second or third episode of this entire podcast and his parents didn't want his name said. So he was able to make up his name and watermelon was the name he chose. And then his parents were like, no, there's cursing on that show. You're never allowed on it again. So he's taking my nephew watermelon to Ohio for the first time to see, uh, his, uh, great grandmother, my grandmother, Uh, Grandma Horton. So they were leaving, but they were leaving you guys an hour after me. So my flight was at 9.05 a.m. And like I told you guys yesterday, but to fill anybody in that didn't know, guess what time we go to the airport? 5.30 a.m. Now, you would think I lived in some like kind of small, like out of the way farm town. No, I live in my parents live in Gilbert, Arizona. It's like a big town and it's only 40 minutes away from the airport. And guess what? We made it there in 35 minutes this morning. So I finished the pod and uh, watched a little TV. Couldn't fall asleep to like 2.30 or 2.45, I think. My dad wakes me up at 5 a.m. And then we have to go get my nephew. Then we have to go to the airport. And of course, I then spend, you know, what, two and a half hours at the airport because my flight then gets delayed. And I'm just not one of those people that can sleep. I can't just knock out. And then I knew once I got to LA, I got to get my dog today. Brooklyn is you guys. Brooklyn is my dog that I share with my ex, but I haven't seen her in a really long time. And I got her and she's beautiful. And she's, she might hear her little snores. She's a Pekingese Shih Tzu mix. And she's laying on my bed right now. And I've got the fan directly on her and she's letting out these little snores. And it reminds you of back of the old, in the old days. Because I would sleep with her every night, you know, she was at the foot of my bed every night and I I walked her first thing in the morning and it's just so it's so amazing to have her and she's doing so good because she's 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 been sick now for like five years and we have to give her meds like three times a day and but she's just doing so good. She sleeps a lot more than she, uh, you know, than than uh, I remember, but that's a good thing and it's just so awesome to have her here and I'm usually just used to talking to you guys and now I get to talk to my dog <laughs> in a monologue. So anyways, I had to do that. And then I had to jump into another interview for the pod, which you'll be hearing, I think, later this week or next week. It's just been a really full day. And I'm telling you, kids, when you get older, if you don't get sleep, you really are going to want that sleep. I feel like a 
anvil is just going through my head right now. I'm probably not going to make a lot of sense in this first part. And that just sucks because I got to I got to get rest. So I'm just going to do one new story and then we're going to get into our guests and guess who it is, folks. It's Karent with a T Sierra. That's right. From the second season of Real Housewives of Miami. I'll go into her resume in a second when we introduce her. But I was so thrilled because we've been recapping Miami over on the Patreon, and I had never seen Real Housewives of Miami. I slept on that show. It originally I came out, I believe, in 2011, and I just didn't watch it for whatever reason. And it's excellent. You can get into it tomorrow and you would be totally into it. And they're rebooting it on Peacock. So it is good to burn through the three season. And Karen is, uh, she's got a, quite a character in the second season, but it was so awesome to talk to her. I'll get into more of that in a second. So anyways, it has just been very challenging. So I want to put this to bed because I need to get rest so I can watch a brand new episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, folks. It's Wednesday. That means Kathy Hilton Day. That means, guys, I didn't do anything. It's me, Erica Jane. Why is everybody being mean to me? <laughs> I just can't wait. Because you know some batshit things are going to happen tomorrow night. It is just, it is foretold. The the it is it is written in the ancient scriptures that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills will be batshit. Uh, tonight. So before that, I wanted to read this one thing. This is an article. Andy Cohen is doing a lot of press because he has a new show on Peacock called X rated E X rated about X's. And it's like a kind of a fun game show talk show thing. And I've seen a couple clips. It looks great. I love Andy. I do. But he did an interview for Entertainment Tonight, and this was kind of like a wide-ranging interview uh, by Bryce Sander. He does a lot of Entertainment Tonight's Housewives stuff, and I, I really like Bryce. I'm going to try to get... Sander, if you're listening, let's try to get Bryce Sander on the pod. He would be awesome with all his stories. But um, So they, they asked him about... Bryce asked him about a lot of things, and he opened up about a lot of things, and I, I think you guys will find this interesting. Um, they said uh, that Bravo right now is course correcting for uh, some of the coronavirus and, and the hiccups in the last year or so with all the franchises. Um, and he said that's very evident with Heather Dubrow coming back to Real Housewives of Orange County for the 16th season. Uh, Andy is quoted as saying, I think it was the right time, not only because I think the fans were asking for it, but it all it's always fun to bring back an old friend and see an old friend. But also, I think it was a great time to get back to some of the aspirational luxury that the Orange County franchise launched with and that Heather certainly represents. So, yeah, I mean, we've heard that time and time again, and I love how Andy calls it old friends. I do like that. I do like, because in our head, isn't it? Aren't these all our imaginary friends? Like, if we really did see Ramona on the street, maybe Ramona's a bad example, but if we saw Dorinda on the street, we would go up and say, hi, Dorinda, thank you so much. You would feel like you were friendly with her. We feel like we know these people, and I think that's dead on. Um... So DeBro's return came with the news that Kelly Dodd, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, and Elizabeth Lynn Vargas were all let go from the show, leaving just Shannon Bedore, Emily Simpsons, and Gina Kershider as DeBro's co-stars. Fan accounts immediately started making memes about not understanding how DeBro and Kers and Gina uh, would gel together. Cohen says, "I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised." Also. 
I love that quote, but remember, we cannot trust anything that Andy Cohen says. Andy Cohen always will tell you. He's like a he's like a carvin, carnival, uh, you know, a barker at a carnival. He's always going to be like, it's going to be the best season you've ever seen. Bet you sweet bippy. It's going to blow your... Oh, it's it's going to knock you off your coal mining asses. He says that every... He said that about the season with Puppygate on Beverly Hills. He said it about this season of New York. So I get it. He has to. You have to get people excited. And it is funny. It still fools me to this day because when I first read it, I was like, I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. I love surprises. Oh, you guys, Bronwyn followed me on Instagram the other day and I was like, oh, shit. Because I was like, there's another person that I now have to watch making jokes about. Um, No, I'm kidding. I'll still make jokes, but. I wonder how people like her and Jen Shah are dealing with uh, BravoCon being canceled because, you know, they were going to be hitting that thing so hard, even though they're even though Bronwyn's not a part of the show. Uh, So Cohen said, going to be pleasantly surprised. Bravo is expected to confirm more casting for the upcoming season before it launches, which I think that is going to be the Tamra announcement, Tamra Barney. Um, They think she is coming back as a friend of and. Andy says, I think Tamara, as I've said many times, was one of the greats, and I hope at some point, either now or in the future, we'll do more with her. Ooh, a little tease, now or in the future. Uh, Cohen offers up when pressed about whether Judge will show up in the next batch of episodes. I don't know when, but I think that would be great. Oh, what a tease, Andy. What a tease. Uh, And then the article goes to the unpleasant state of the Real Housewives of New York City, and folks, it definitely is an unpleasant state. I mean, like, I know Rihanna did her little post and we all got excited, but come on, man. Let's not gaslight each other. It's a bad season. And it's okay. It's not Ebony's fault that it's a bad season. It's a bad season. Did you guys watch tonight's episode? Well, I did. Is anybody going to apologize to me for having to watch that? It was a mess, you guys. Um, Ebony did her uh, Black Shabbat dinner. Leah showed up over Zoom. That's kind of where we're at with the season. Uh, Ramona was annoying as piss, not listening to anybody. You had a scene with Dorinda dating this loser for a second. It was cute, I guess. It's just, I describe it as like, I know you guys don't, you're not actors or maybe you are improvisers, but you know, one of the sad things about being an actor in LA is eventually you'll end up doing some kind of improvisation because your you know agent will be like, you know what? You need to diversify. Why don't you go take a class at the Groundlings or Upright Citizens Brigade? And then you find yourself in a class with a bunch of other people that have never done improv. And if you want to be in one of the worst pains that you could ever be in your life, watch Beginning Improv. You know, one of the basic core principles of improvisation is yes and. So if I say to you guys, hey, I can't believe we're on the moon, you would say, yes, we are on the moon and it is so cold out here and we didn't bring a jacket. So you would yes and my information of being on the moon. But with beginning improvisers, you have things like, look at us, we're on the moon. And then the other guy would be like, no, we're not. We're on a bus. It's just, it is just a shit show mess. And that's what Real Housewives of New York feels like me, feels like to me, a bunch of unrehearsed improvisers that are trying to do warm up exercises and you just get really loud like Ramona does. 
and nothing really gels. You disagree with each other. You don't help each other in the scenes. And it just becomes a jumbled mess that gives you a headache. And that is, to me, the state of Real Housewives of New York. So it has flashes of brilliance, but it just doesn't gel. And I, I think it's okay to say that. We have to normalize being okay to actually critique these shows. It doesn't mean we don't like the overall show. We all love the overall show. So this article says almost daily new tabloid headlines pop up claiming a different cast member is being let go or blaming certain co-stars for the current season's lackluster ratings and fan response. Cohen calls all the reports out about Roni totally untrue. Is there a shakeup coming? He ponders. I would say, well, listen, Andy loves to do a well listen. No, for real. Like I study this crap all the time. Now, you guys, he always throws in. Well, listen, you hear him do it on Watch What Happens Live all the time on his radio show. So he goes, I would say, well, listen, I think we shot this season during COVID and the world was shut down as we shot a show that is a huge part of The Real Housewives of New York City is reliant on New York City as the character in the show. And New York City was shut down during production. So we had to spend extended time at Ramona's house and in Salem and just doing things that maybe otherwise life would have been different. So I think that the show will continue to evolve, he adds. And I think that if anything, we should add to the group because I think people wanted to see more people. But I don't know that in producing the show this season that we would have done much differently. We were facing a lot of different obstacles when we went into production. So you guys, it really does, you know, Andy does really see our comments. I mean, because I've said those exact same things as well as so many other people. So I, you know, I think he's admitting right here, you know, is that they are not going to be letting any of this cast go. They're just going to be adding to the cast. Now, Dorinda was on Watch What Happens Live tonight, and there was a couple awkward moments, you guys. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about, where Dorinda was like, well, my worst moment was when you said I was taking a pause from the show. And Andy's like, oh, oh, your book is so good. Let's talk about your book. Like, you know, just trying to get to the next topic. And you can just really tell Dorinda is still very hurt about not being a part of this season. So hopefully she is part of the course correct that Andy is talking about because adding her back in plus two to three other girls and in a non-COVID time, knock on wood, would be amazing. So um, Cohen would welcome all of the women, he says, from New York on his new Peacock show X-Rated, on which singles face their ex-partners and get rated on various intimacy traits in hopes of learning how to do better in their next relationships. Do you guys like my... I think my voice sometimes is kind of like... That's, that's kind of suave, right? Like uh, rated on various intimacy traits and... Hopes of learning how to do better in their next relationships. Right? That's like a good... See, this is how tired I am, folks. I got to stay on track. Okay. He went on to say, I think Portia Williams would be great on this show because I think Portia falls hard and fast and she might be open to hearing uh, hearing things. I think Ramona would be interesting on this show, he says. I think Giselle, Ramona, Portia, Giselle, Garcelle, I think would be interesting. What's going on there? Oh, my God. And Sonia would be great. Okay. I don't know what he's necessarily saying there. He's literally... Okay. Now, this, you guys, this is a good little 
nugget that Bryce got out of him. While Cohen doesn't share the stage with any of his housewives in X-Rated's first season, he may soon share one with Nicki Minaj at Real Housewives of Potomac Season 6 reunion set to tape this fall. Conversation started with the rapper after she posted on Instagram about the series and jokingly proclaimed that she would be taking over Cohen's role at the all-cast event. Uh, quote, Andy says, I would love to figure out a way to work her into the reunion, and I would love to be able to bring her out and see what she has to say and wants to ask the women, he says. It could be a fun little new segment. The answer is I'm totally receptive to figuring out how to work her into what we're doing. <sighs> OK, so, you know, I think a lot of people were thinking Nikki's just hosting the reunion. And like I told you guys. That would never happen. I thought she would come out for a segment and Andy would say, hey, do you need help, Nikki? Let my name's Andy Cohen. I've known these ladies for all of my life, you know, and it looks like that's going to happen. So you'll see Nikki for a segment. But yeah, I didn't think Andy was just going to fully give up his job, even though I think that really shows like somebody that's very confident in their work be like, you know, but who knows with those hosts? I mean, we saw with Chris Harrison and The Bachelor. Man, you're when you go, you're gone and people forget real quick. Um, he says Rihanna also recently let her housewives fan flag fly, posting about Roni after getting name checked by Leah during an argument with Ramona. He says, listen, another listen from Andy. Listen, that was amazing. Cohen says we had Rihanna and Nikki in the course of 24 hours posting about the shows. It's awesome. So that was the end of the interview. I wanted to share it with you guys. I just thought that was uh, I, I found that fascinating. Uh, when you get uh, some dirt out of Andy, and I thought you guys would be interested in that. Okay, are you ready for our guest? So guys, like I just said uh, 10 minutes ago, our guest today is Karen with a T, Sierra, and she is from the show Real Housewives of Miami, had a stellar second season. Like I said, you need to go check out Miami if you haven't. But she was, I gotta say, she is just delightful. And it just goes to show you, it's like these shows can paint people in a certain light, or they can focus on a year of their lives that you know, might not be the best year of their life, you know, uh, in that season, she is dating a gentleman named, named Rodolfo. And we talk about that, that relationship, spoiler alert, did not last, even though I know she has found love again. But I thought it was so fascinating that during and then after the interview, I was like, I love Carrot. I was like, this lady is amazing. And she truly is. I think you're going to really dig it. I was just so impressed. Like I say with the, like some of these people, you can really genuinely tell if they're being real or not. And she was just so real, so down to earth. And I, uh, I just really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I'm going to put all the information on how to find her on Instagram and her website, because if you remember, she is the dentist to the stars in Miami and she really is. She runs a dentistry and med spa and she's been doing it for 21 years of service. And the thing is, she looks younger to me when I saw her on Zoom than she does on the show. She looks younger than me. Like, I was so, t I was like, how, what the heck is happening? But we even talk about dentistry in this because it was fascinating, the dental issues that happened during COVID, which you'll see. But we also talk about her charity work and the things that she does that I really kind of warm my heart and we kind of point you in the right direction if you would like to ever get involved or, or donate or anything like that. And also very exciting is that, I don't know, I think I'm allowed to say this and I think we say it in the interview is that, she uh, she has a little little deal maybe with uh, TLC the the network TLC that might be uh, coming up you know who knows I can't say 
All I'm saying is that you will see her very soon on another reality show. Um, also, the thing is, if you didn't watch Miami, I think these interviews have something for everybody because I think we have to, like I always say, pay homage or or give it up to people that have paved the way for Housewives to be the juggernaut success it is. Uh, but also what I really enjoy is that, like I always say, every person has a story. I go into these things not knowing how any of these people are going to be and it always shocks me, and I should know by now, that each and every one of us has something really fascinating and magical about us. And it was just cool that I was just like, wow, like it just I felt like I got to talk to a fully fleshed out person instead of a, um, you know, what you see on the reality shows, which we all love. I mean, that's why we're all here, right? Um but I just loved that I got to talk to her a little bit more and I just really geeked out. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado from real housewives of Miami and an upcoming reality show that you will see very soon, Karen Sierra. And just to get you in the mood, we're going to start, uh, with a couple clips from real housewives of Miami season two. Every Thursday by Bravo. Immerse yourself in Miami. Can the girl get a drink around here? See the real housewives of Miami as they live the good life in America's cosmopolitan paradise. Everything goes on in Miami. Everything. New housewives. You go for her, go ahead. There's tons of men lining up for me, so I don't care. And in such little time, she has rubbed everyone the wrong way. New scandals. These girls are ruthless. Was he texting you? He texted me a lot. In a city with a darker side. I see the old and new Miami. The older crowd, they demand respect. Just shut up. We're like the newer girls. There is a new Miami. It's all smoke and mirrors to be in Miami society. You have the nouveau rich, and then you have the real rich. There's a lot of jealous people in Miami. You can't be too nice here. People will walk all over you. The Real Housewives of Miami Supersize premiere Thursday, September 13th at 10, 9 central. Only by Bravo. Today, we have an actual, we have, this is an honor for me. This is a privilege to be able to talk to this new person that I have never spoken to before, but I am a huge fan of her season of The Housewives. Literally the best smile on any housewife of all housewives. Mm -hmm. uh, and I need to know what she's been up to. I need to know what the experience was like. This is, uh, we've got to pay homage to people that have made The Housewives franchise what it is and why we love it so. Uh, and we have not seen or heard from this this lady in, in too long for my liking, especially on TV. I need to know everything. So let's just get into it. Uh, Karen Sierra, Real Housewives of Miami. How are you? You look amazing, by the way. They can't, this is podcasting, but I want everybody to know she looks amazing. How uh, are you? Thank you, Ryan. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I've been very busy, especially since this whole pandemic started doing dentistry, but also doing PCR tests, believe it or not, and antigen antibody tests for patients. You kind of always you, have to reinvent yourself. So <laughs> I mean, you already have done. Uh, see, like what you just said. I'm like, you have. This is what I loved about you is that you actually had a real career going yeah. into the housewives. Like you were somebody that actually had their own thing going. You were Miami's. You are Miami's dentist to the stars. I mean, that is like a lot of the other ladies. No offense to them, they seem to have. Uh, I'm trying to say this, like you know, they married well or or, or things like that. You were actually. I mean, you were just. You were a businesswoman. You were a, you made your own moves, your own money. And I thought that was really amazing. And you saw how it intimidated those other ladies. That, that is one thing that was definitely very obvious. I think to, all the, <laughs> to everybody watching the show. Um, but I think 
that I have to give kudos to my parents because they always taught me, you know what, we're not going to leave you, leave you millions of dollars. We're going to leave you an education. And that's the best thing that you can receive as a gift from your parents is money comes and goes, but your education is something that nobody can ever take away. I've begged my parents to give me money and they won't do it. They refuse. They're like, you have to get by on podcasting at this point. But you you uh, got your education in, in Wisconsin. Is that right? Yes. I studied in Marquette University, which is in Milwaukee. Cheville, now, <laughs> that's that's Laverne and Shirley for everybody that doesn't uh, know. Yeah, but, I'm dating uh, myself. I'm aging I'm myself. dating myself that I even know that. I mean, uh, we're both insanely young and incredible looking. Um I need to know, though, how to, as somebody that gets an education in Wisconsin, how do you then bring it back to Miami and kind of start the powerhouse business that you did? Well, you know what? It's I've always been a dreamer. And I will tell you, which has never been a secret, my first passion was always TV, TV acting. I've always enjoyed it. Before I went to dental school, I did it. But I was always too, um, too grounded, too grounded in the sense that I don't think I ever had it in me to just take off to LA and see if I got discovered one day. So I said, I needed my education and I always had a vision of where I wanted to go and the dreams and the goals that I wanted to achieve throughout the years. And one of those visions, ironically, I ended up falling in love with, which is my career, my profession of being a dentist. So I can say that I have two things that I love. I love doing TV and I love balancing that out. But the dentistry kind of fell in, fell into place yeah. throughout throughout the months and years as I started practicing. I actually fell in love with it because I was able to do so much with it. Yeah, I mean, you make dentistry seem cool. Like I was like, oh my god, is it? I, that was the shocking thing where I was like, wow, she's she's a dentist. And then I was like, maybe I should rethink dentistry. This actually seems like a, a cool, prof- or you made it look cool. Um, so you actually set up this successful practice, mm-hmm. What? but TV was always kind of like something that you maybe was dreaming of or something like, now I live in Los Angeles and I teach actors for a living and I started off as an actor, but you're exactly right. Like it's a lottery. You can't, you're really gambling with your entire life. And so that really makes sense with a lot of actors that I see that can't just give it all because they want to be able to take care of themselves or, or, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's definitely on the forefront of a lot of people's minds. What then led you to get into even an audition for the housewives? Is it something that you targeted? Because a lot of people don't realize the first season of Miami, you were not on, you were on the second season. What was that experience like getting on the show? Well, I'll tell you when a friend of mine approached me that they were doing the casting for the real housewives. I was like, seriously (laughs) I'm not knocking it but it's just it didn't go with what I thought I would want for myself and they made me realize that you have to look at the big picture and in life that's what you always have to do you can't just focus on you know hone down on one single thing and I said okay let's try this and I and I decided to go for it and I guess they saw me as the gullible Nice one that wasn't going to fight back. And they always need one of those. <laughs> you know, you did, but you did stand up for yourself. I mean, you did handle yourself very well, uh, especially in a housewives thing, which now is it's almost like surviving survivor, the TV show where there's so many fights and you have to really sign up to 
kind of go to war with certain people. And you definitely, those lines were drawn. You mm -hmm. had, you know, Joanna on your side, you had uh, Lisa on your side, mm -hmm. but then you had this other faction of ladies. Um, and it was very much lines drawn. And I think that's what makes great TV probably is very uncomfortable for the person actually having to be in it. Was that really uh, hard to get used to? Ryan, I'll tell you, um, I consider myself with a lot of strength in some cases, but I'm also a very sentimental person. So trying to balance that out, I'm not going to lie to you. There's a couple of instances and one of them I can recall clearly. Yeah, but please, I, we don't want to make you, we don't want to send you back to your Vietnam, but if you can recall anything, please just go back there. I'll pay for your therapy later. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It was interesting. There was a cocktail party that we were having in downtown Miami and uh, Herman Echevarria was married to Alexia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in peace. I think he was an, a wonderful man. I got along with him very, very well. Um, he invited me. He himself invited me that they were going to have a cocktail party for a magazine that he owned. Back oh, then. yes. That was the, the venue party that you came to and Joanna warned you about beforehand. And you walked in kind of like, uh. Exactly. And so we're there and Herman, I'm, I'm actually speaking to Herman. And he emailed me, Karen, I would love for you to come. Unbeknownst to his at that moment wife, um, she wanted to make it seem like I was just, you know, trying to drop into every party in Miami and trying to, you know, rub elbows with different people. I'm like, seriously, I'm too busy that I need to like try to sneak into a party. And she tried to make it uh, all about her and all about me trying to sneak into this party. And she's fighting with me and arguing and saying, I didn't even invite you, get out of here. And I'm like, you didn't invite me, but your husband did. And he's the owner of the magazine, You're just the <laughs> you know? So well, they were they were doubled because Adriana got on you oh, and then it, she came up and interrupted that fight. And then it, it was the which which it's so entertaining for the audience to watch. But then the more I talk to housewives and reality show people, it's just like my stomach would be in knots having to go through something like that. It turns. And the frustrating part is that because I'm so sentimental, but I was so upset at all these women because I didn't understand the reason why they had to be so catty and why they had to be so mean. And I did not want to give them the satisfaction of crying at that moment. And when you sign the contract with Bravo, pretty much with any reality show, it's the fact that if your mic is on and they still have you mic'd, even though the cameras are getting put away, the cables are getting, you know, um, all everything's getting boxed up. If your mic is with you and they haven't asked you for your mic, anything goes. <laughs> so they're still filming. And I just, I was so frustrated at the fact that she is literally belittling me and telling me to leave her party, that I was never invited. And as I'm finally leaving and my mic is taken off, obviously at this point, they're still filming, even though my mic wasn't on. And I get to the valet and I'm like, Karen, hold back my tears. Karen, hold back my tears. Karen, do not cry. Karen, do not cry. Karen, don't give them the satisfaction. I keep on saying this to myself. My car pulls up. I sit in the car. I close the door. Oh. Faucet just oh, but, by the way, that humanizes you. Like, I mean, I, I think that's like, I mean, I totally get why you wouldn't want to do that on camera, but at the same time, I think it like humanizes anybody that, that, that lets us in that deeply, but you did like that was, you got 
teamed up and then you had to go sit with those other ladies and mama Elsa was there. And it was just so like a pressure cooker situation. But I guess in moments like those, you're like, this is what I signed up for, I guess. Exactly. And, but that's the part that I didn't understand. Like, why are people just doing this to fight? I don't, I don't, I don't understand the reason, have a reason or, or get hired as an actor, not as a reality star. If you hire me as an actor, I'll pull your hair, I'll take off the TV, <laughs> I'll do what you want because you're being hired as an actor. But perception is nine tenths of reality. And so the contract didn't have like, if you do two hair pulls, we'll give you an extra ten thousand exactly. dollars. Yeah. Maybe I would have thought about it, <laughs> but well, it's just not worth it to me. And perception is nine tenths of reality, like we're talking about. And I have I, I built over twenty years, twenty one, almost twenty two now years of practice that I don't want to throw away my reputation just for measly. That's what there's a couple ladies. And I don't, I don't know if you watch or keep up with the housewives. You seem uh, like you probably have tons of things going, but there's a couple ladies in this past couple of franchises like Dallas, Dr. Tiffany moon. We have Dr. Wendy Acefo over on Potomac. And I always wonder about these ladies. I'm like, you have a real career. What are you doing? Like you might risk this real career because you know, and, and, I got to say, I didn't watch Miami originally when it came on because for some reason I just, I was too busy, whatever. And then I just discovered it because everybody says, oh, one of the best, one of the best of the franchises. And, and it really is like, I, that's why I was like, people have got to, there's like a treasure here that people didn't appreciate fully at the time. And you're such a huge part of that. But I do wonder if like, that's what I was wondering if you ever thought of like, could this be bad for my career in some ways, or was it all well, no, and, and that's throughout the whole time I'm, I'm actually filming. I've already signed the contract and I'm in it, you know, six feet deep. Um, I, I always thought about that and I always had it in the back of my mind because, of course, the producers are doing their job in the sense that if you go to a club, oh, girls, drink, whatever you guys want. <laughs> all the alcohol, do, they, do they pay you? Do they pay for the drinks at least? Yeah. Okay, okay, good. I was going to be upset if they didn't. Yeah. So they're like, oh, girls, whatever you want. It's on the house. Don't worry. We'll recover it. Of course, because they want you to lose your inhibition and just, and I'm like, I, you know, nothing was handed to me. And I, and I say that proudly. I don't, I wish I was born with a, you know, a silver spoon in my, in my mouth, but nothing was handed to me easily. My parents were hard workers um, and we were a normal middle-class family. And yeah. I, don't, I don't apologize for it. And I'm not embarrassed by that. And Why would you? I mean, like that's gives you who you are. You're like, that's like, you're a rock then, you know? And, well, yeah. it was also beautiful. I think a lot of the audiences did uh, really love your parents on the show. Like you had these really amazing moments that I, I would think no matter the fights or the arguments, you have documented these really beautiful conversations. Uh, I know your father rest in peace. And, and, and But your mom, you had this really beautiful conversation at one time where you guys were both tearing up. And I still like it, it was it, what's it's what makes housewives better than just the fights, you know? <laughs> I was about to start crying and now I'm laughing because <laughs> I'll tell you an anecdote regarding Please. That. <laughs> that story, that, um, that scene that my mom and I were talking in our back, in my yeah. back, um, got me in trouble, got why? me big time in trouble. And I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you why that got me in trouble with my sister. <laughs> the moment my mom said that, my mom, of course, she knows English, but she has a very heavy accent. She's from Colombia. 
and, and it's Colombia, not Colombia, because I have a peeve <laughs> with that. Um, we were sitting there, and I can't remember. She was, she was, she never really liked Rodolfo, shall we say? And she saw, you know, mothers always have a sixth sense, and they see past what you see at that moment. And she was like saying, "I hate him." And then we were just talking because my dad was hospitalized at that moment, and you know, we're having a heart to heart, like you said, but then all of a sudden she goes, oh, you know, and I go, mom, I'm there for you. I can't remember exactly what I said. And she goes, oh, honey, you are my favorites. I go, oh no, that is not going to get edited out. <laughs> well, I, I, I read, I read a Kathy Hilton said this quote uh, this week said, or she was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she said, the best thing a mom can do is, you know, you had a good mom when uh, every child thinks that they're their mom's favorite. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. And then when my mom said that, I go, oh, my heart dropped. I go, no. And sure enough, when it aired, I didn't hear You're like, edit, edit that out, edit yeah. that out. I would have paid to have that edited out, but. Oh, well. no, I think, but I just think it's so looking back, I was, that was one of my questions was that like, oh, you must kind of think that's cool that you do have those moments that it like kind of you, you know, we always have our memories and that's where everybody lives. But at the same time, sometimes it's really cool to have like a really well lit memory, you know, <laughs> like, um, boy, when I was well lit, all right. <laughs> wait, is this the, are you in the actual house from the show? Yeah. Is that? That's, yeah. that's, that's a museum. You that's history right there. You guys, I geek out about this stuff so much. People don't like that's, do you still get noticed uh, every day? I do. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you like every day. Cause it's, it's been a couple of years, but I remember I was in um, Scotland. I was in Edinburgh <laughs> and I'm there. I'm actually walking around with my mom and there were this beautiful couple had just gotten married and the guys were the kilt, you know, cause they were kilts there. And the beautiful, beautiful girl, and I'm complimenting her on her dress because they were about to go into the hotel where we happened to be staying at. And I was like, oh, you, you know, congratulations. You guys look so beautiful as I'm just casually walking in and I'm walking in the hotel and all of a sudden I hear Karen, Karen. And it was the photographer running after me. And she realized, the, the bride realized who I was and she wanted a picture with me. And I was yeah. like, really in Edinburgh, like years later? And she was like, yes, please, of course. I went outside and I took pictures with them, which was very memorable. And that was very sweet. So there's still people that recognize you. And I always feel very honored and flattered for that because I think one of the best compliments that, that I've received multiple times um, was something that you mentioned that I tried at the best I could. And of course, editing plays a big role on how you're perceived on, on a show, sure. a reality show. But I did receive multiple compliments of women that told me that would see me on the street, wherever, wherever I was and complimented me and saying, thank you. This is the first franchise that I allow my daughters to see because you're at least setting an example. You're self-made, you're a professional and you're not catty and willing to fight just to fight. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with that sentiment. And I think what's cool being able to do interviews like this is that you can draw attention to the actual person and not just the character, because I, I make that mistake all the time is that I treat these like sports, you know, these like you have your favorite sports players, you have your like, oh, how dare that guy tackle that other guy. And it becomes housewives as sport rather than the actual real person behind that. So a little bit more about you. I mean, you, you obviously worked hard to build your business. There was that element, of course, of wanting maybe to be on TVs or movies someday, but housewives definitely might not have been that did after that whole process 
did it did it scare you away from I know you were on an episode of the doctors I know you were on but like did it did it go like I don't know if I want TV after this no I definitely knew I wanted TV after that <laughs> Perfect. I was, I was actually really happy. I was guest hosting at the doctors. I went about, they would fly me out about nine times and I really enjoyed it. And it was interesting because the executive producer, Andrew Scher, who is now back in New York, he was the executive producer. I think it was of The View and then they got him for the doctors. And then now he's back in LA and back in New York producing, I don't know which show he had told me. Um, he fell in love with me professionally. Like he was like, hey, Karen, I'm Jewish. I'm from New York. I don't need three months to wait and see if I like you. You After the first show, you know, he was like, look, you and Travis, Travis was a reality star also. He goes, you and Travis have great chemistry. I love how you guys are, you know, going back and forth. Um, would you be willing to come back a couple more times so I can make, make a decision? I goes, yeah, for sure. And to make the long story short, they go out on hiatus in April and they don't come back until August. Um, so they went on hiatus. You know, I didn't come back until then. He goes, oh, let me talk. Let me make the numbers. Let me try to organize him. But pretty much kind of telling you I'm offering you a part. And I was like, yes. During that hiatus, he got let go. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it was well, it, the uh, executive producer besides Andrew was um, Dr. Phil's son. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to get to him then. We got to we got to find a way to if you're listening. We, hey, guys, everybody DM Dr. Phil's son today. <laughs> Let's get her on TV again. But I, I mean, in that, though, and I guess I need your take on this. I they are rebooting the Miami franchise that is going to be on the Peacock. Why the F are you not on this franchise? Why? I mean, is it, is it, I'll tell you your why. choice. I mean, like I, I, we need you there. I feel like. Well, Ryan, here's one of the things that I realized. If you go to high school and you go <laughs> sophomore, junior, senior year, and you finally graduate, you will, you go on mostly to college and university. You never go back to high school once that's done. So I can't go back to something that I checked off my list and did because there would be no progress in my life and there would be no progress in my goals. And I think that's what's the important thing. If it would have been, I'm not going to lie to you, maybe if it would have been the very next year or two years after, I think everything all canceled and then they brought it back. But after so much time, I, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. evolved. And yeah. I think well, if you go back to it, what have you evolved? You're still in the same place. Well, I got to say, and no, no, no offense to those other, I'm very excited to, to watch and things like that, but it is, I, I don't know. I'm trying to, there, there is a thirst level because it, it seems like they need this rather than it's their choice. Whereas we know that you don't need any, like in terms of TV, you're, yeah. you're set, you have your own business and stuff like that. I think it would have been nice just because it would have been great to have your attitude of, you know, I don't need this. Therefore I can be whoever I want to be, but it is, it, you kind of see these paparazzi photos and it's just very interesting to see these ladies, you know, nine years or so later. And you're just like, wow, they're still, they're still going to be fighting. They're still going to be, That's this is right. Or even Larza, who I know you didn't work with on the first season. She's back. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. She was married to Scotty Pippen and had kids. And now we know Larza in a completely different way than how she was presented that first season. So I'm interested in that, but it's just a lot, you know? 
It, it, it is a lot. And I'm, I'm happy to, I guess, kind of announce. I can't announce 100%. You can announce. You can but, do uh, it. Let's break podcasting news right now. But yeah, I literally, my, I literally just signed a contract for a show that will be on the Lifetime channel. We and love Lifetime. I will, I will be one of the hosts. And it's interestingly and ironically enough, it's a will be a brand new show in which it's meant to promote and to help Hispanic women go figure. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that, but that's that's perfect, and that's per- and you don't option. you probably don't have to fight with anybody. This will be a a show in English. It's going to be a male host and a female host. I myself being the female host, and it's all about empowering Hispanic women, and we'll be talking about beauty, fashion. Um, cultural art, everything. So um, that's I'm amazing about that. Well, you got to let us know exactly when that actually goes through, so I, I can make sure everybody watches. I'm going to be filming the sizzle reel, and they're still doing pre-production right now. But I will. This contract is signed. The ink that's is amazing. dry, so I can. Well, that makes it. me. That makes my heart feel good. That's that's awesome. I mean, you bring up your 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 culture and your heritage a lot, mm-hmm. and and I would love to ask in the last 10 years, what have you seen changes? Because, you know, Real Housewives of Miami and stuff, like you said, like that is great representation. Representation is so important to be able to see yourself on screen. And I don't mean just to see like somebody hitting another lady or anything like that, but like really just to make other uh, people proud. How have you seen that change? Have you seen the doors uh, open wider? I definitely think so. I definitely think so because we were always seen, and I'm not going to say we're not, but I think we were always seen as a minority, you know, Hispanic, whether you're Mexican, Cuban, Colombian, wherever you're from, you're always a minority. I don't, even though I, th- I know that legally we're still considered a minority, I don't see ourselves as that minority. It's not that, it's not that cornerstone that used to be like, okay, no, we have to get one because they're a minority or, oh, we don't know if they want them because she has a little bit of an accent. I don't consider myself, I have an accent, but I'm sure for Anglo that are born and raised like you, she does have a little accent. I don't, I don't. No, it's not an accent. You have a great voice. Like you just have a great voice, you know, like that's. Thank you so much. So in that sense, it's been, um, I think it's been opening lots of more doors for us in which now I just go to a casting or I go or I get thought of for a project just because of who I am not because of my cultural background. And I think that's what's important is seeing behind the race, seeing behind um, the color or the whatever nationality you're from. It's just seeing the person and what that person can can give towards the project and and positively, you know, influence others. Yeah. So, I mean, we obviously are coming out or still in or whatever, a pandemic and a very tragic time for so many people. What was this last year and a half like for you um, and your loved ones? Wow, it, it was, you know, I think this is the comments that goes through and through. It was a very difficult year. It was so many unknowns. And especially with my practice, I yeah I practice. I've had it for many years. And when they told us to just shut down, I was like, uh, my bills are not going to disappear just because I'm shutting down. So interestingly enough, how, how life works is that I was shut down completely for two weeks. And then all of a sudden, the first week, it was quiet, silence. You couldn't hear a pin drop. And I'm home and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Second week, 
quiet, but you know, I was like, okay, I was exercising, working out. Third week came along and all of a sudden my office manager calls me, Rosie calls and she goes, doctor, we have an emergency. And I go, what happened? She goes, no, there's a patient broke a tooth, needs to come in. I'm like, well, we are, you know, we're, we're people that have to show up. So I went to the office. Next day, another emergency. Next day, another one. I'm like, now you're talking about on average, I, you know, we live in a very suburban neighborhood, Fall Gables within Miami is, you know, very well to do. I'm like, all these emergencies on average, I may see four to six emergencies a month. I started seeing one to two a day. <laughs> the pandemic really, and it's interesting enough because next week I'm going to be on a Spanish TV show that I do a couple of segments on every once in a while. And speaking about the dental effects of, because of this pandemic, of yeah. what the pandemic has caused. And a lot of people are clenching, bruxing. That's what I, yes, that's what I was going to say. I, I mean, I am a clencher now all the time and I'm like, I, I, I'm chipping my teeth almost. And it's one of those, it's, that's what I was saying. I like, I wonder if like all your, thank God, I was like thinking all of your patients were walking around with just like teeth falling out without you. But you know, uh, I had to, because we were considered essential workers yeah. at that point. And so we started seeing patients and it was incredible the amount of patients that were literally fracturing their teeth and just breaking them off at the gum line. It was insane. I, I, I realized, and of course I knew the effects that bruxing and clenching would do on the teeth, but when you live it and every day and it was coming on a daily basis, I was seeing them like, what is going on? So, and throughout this year, I don't know the exact percentage, but we had a huge uprise in patients just breaking their teeth because due to clenching. Oh my God. If you ever visit me, you come visit me. Yeah. By the way, this is the part where I try to get her to check my teeth out and see what I need. Uh, I'm just going to, if no, 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 no. I'm so scared. No, no, no. I'm embarrassed. I'll give you a little tip. One of the things that you can do, whether you wear a night guard or another tip is actually Botox. You have Botox injected into your master muscles, which is this very thick muscle. If you clench your teeth, you actually see it. Okay. And they actually we inject it right into the muscle and it relaxes the muscle to the point that it will prevent you from actually clenching or grinding. Wow, preventative Botox and not just the normal housewives Botox, just exactly. actual dental. Guys, it's your old friend. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European and linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? 
With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Brian, you did not start the pot over again. It is commercial time, but also a commercial for a brand that I am proud to represent, and that is Dame. So we've talked about on this show before that we should definitely seek out what's right for us, not compromise on what is most important. Now, our relationships, they should add value to our lives, especially in the bedroom, right? So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Now, Dame Products, this is why this company is cool. It is a women, a woman-owned sex toy company. They're making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. I've said vulva way too many times already. So it's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. So their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. So whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self-exploration, which is a very valid journey, by the way, and everybody should have a journey of self-exploration at some point. But we are sure here at So Bad It's Good that they will earn a spot on your nightstand. Now, I personally recommend the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. It's flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Listen to that, okay? Like, really, 60 days Satisfaction guaranteed. That's a huge thing, hassle-free returns. So go to dameproducts.com, D-A-M-E products.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Again, go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Even if you don't buy something, folks, go use my little www address and see if you like something on there. You never know, right? You never know. And I will tell you the last time that this commercial uh, was on uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple people bought products and they said they're really good. And I I, I have a product um, that I guess, guess I'm waiting for the uh, right person to break it in with. <laughs> Fake it in with, but you guys, this is the real deal. This is a real company. They seem to be doing it the right way, and I think it's really cool that a woman uh, founded this and that it's run by women. You can't have better than that. Women know what women want. So, okay, I have talked about this way too much. Back to the show. Exactly, and if you want, you come in, and then we say we're doing only the masters, but we could also <laughs> do something else if you want. <laughs> well, um, uh, speaking of, uh, I, I read, because you do have your dental practice, med spa, but you also do a lot of charity work. And I believe the, the charity that I had read about was uh, Sharing Smiles. Is that correct? What, that what is, is that? My, that's my baby. That's my pride and joy. Um, I started it in 2009. And it is a official 501c3, which is all with all the tax benefits for whoever wants to donate. So whoever listens and over- hey, Leah, Leah Black, why don't you throw a thing for this, Leah? That's right. That's right. I love Leah. But whoever wants to donate, they can get a tax write-off. And 
It started with one of my best friends, Maribel Rodriguez, who is a news anchor here in Miami. And we were playing around one day at an event and we're like, come on, let's finally do this. And I said, okay, if we're going to do this, we're doing it. And she's like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And sure enough, from, from a, her husband overheard us and said, oh, you guys are always just talking with a drink in your hands. You guys don't have to <laughs> And the worst thing that you can do, or maybe the best thing that you can do is, is test me. Because if you say that I can't do something, I'm going to prove you that I can. So I always thank him. We, we laugh about that. But I always thank him because thanks to that, we've been able to serve a lot of people in our community. And we decided to move it um, internationally also. Besides having local Sharing Smiles Days that we see patients within our, within our community, we started going internationally. And in 2013, we went our first time to Kenya. And we worked on the Maasai tribes. Wow. And we literally were in Nairobi for one day. And then we spent two weeks in Loitoktok. Loitoktok is right on the border with Tanzania. And you work on this nomadic tribe, which are the Maasai's. And it was so interesting that I'll tell you, like I mentioned to you earlier in our interview that I said, I'm, I'm a tough woman for some things, but I'm also a very sentimental woman. I cried every single yeah, that, day. Yeah, I was going to see emotionally, <laughs> how was that? Like, I can't, like, I mean, it was doing draining. a job and then. I, I would cry every single morning of sadness and I would cry every single night of fulfillment because it, it's ironic. It sounds like a beauty pageant answer, but it's true. You get so much more when you give than when you receive. And yeah. helping these families out and the way they would just look at you and the praise. And I still have these beautiful necklaces that the Maasai's gave me. And ironically, the year after we went to India, uh, we were in a small little town that a lot of Indians have never heard of. It's called Vishakapanam. And it's by the Indian Ocean. It's Southeast India. And when you land in Vishakapanam, you literally have to go on like a four-hour bus ride through this unpaved road. And we stayed at an Asian school for the blind. And we would travel every day. We'd wake up like at six in the morning and go an hour and a half to every single direction up in the mountains and work on patients that had never seen a doctor or a dentist in their life. So it was amazing. We have so much here and it's amazing that you're able to to give your time and, and talents and things like that. How do we, if we want to contribute to this or anything like that, you, you know, like, is there a, is there a website we can go to or, or yeah, support? Yeah, my website, which is Karen, Sierra, Karen. Yeah, guys, I'll put that in the description when I release yeah, this, you guys. All that information. And like I said, it is a 501c3. And one of the things that um, I want everyone that's hearing to, to know is as, as far as dentistry is concerned, I cover all that cost as far as materials. And that's my way of contributing besides growing. But especially in India and Africa, one of the things that we went twice to Kenya, twice to India, India, uh, years after that, uh, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Colombia. And one of the things, especially in India and Africa that we did is that we built, uh, we paid, we didn't do it ourselves, but we paid for a company over there to build water wells. Because if anybody's aware, in India, the caste system is very, uh, is very evident. And yeah. you can be dirt poor, but if you are dirt poor and then the neighborhood right next to you is dirt poor also, but they're considered a little higher caste and they have a water well, you cannot walk that one mile to use that water. You have to walk eight or nine miles and drink what is a resemblance of what is water and it's not. 
it's dirty. It's the cows poop in there. And that's the water that they bring in jugs, eight, you know, not in miles, eight kilometers normally back to their own home, having a water well right next door. So that's one of the things that we learned the first time. And that's why we decided to go back and continue to do our medical and dental services, but also to build water wells for these people, because that's, that's the basic. Let's see. Uh, let's see, Adriana. I tried to do that. I mean, that's that's real stuff. I mean, that is. Uh, I mean, just amazing. That's really, really. Thank you. That's very touching. Um. Uh. Wow. That really. T- um. That's really cool. So. Uh. Mm-hmm. I guess back to. I like I said. I've been watching Miami your season. Uh. In preparation for this this mm-hmm. interview, even though I'd seen it already, I had to go back and prep. And I just got to the reunion, and so I was like amped up today. I was like, oh, I'm ready to. Because you get so. What is an experience, if you can walk us through filming a whole season, seeing it start to air, and then having to go to a reunion, what are the emotions or are you prepped for those things? Because you don't know what to expect. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was absolutely horrible. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. I remember flying into L.A., I'm not, not LA, I'm sorry, into New York. I flew with Lisa. Hoxstein, yeah. I think I flew with Lisa. And we're all in the hotel. And I remember I was just my heart the whole time. The morning we get to the studio, it was some studio in Harlem. Can't remember the name of it, where we filmed the reunion. And I remember driving on our way there. And I was just. I don't know. I just, I can't describe it. And I can't put it into words. The fear that I had going into everything. Yes. I mean, how do you not? I mean, it's horrible. I don't care what anybody says. It's absolutely horrible. It's, it's gut wrenching. Yeah. Cause you have so much, but I think the, one of the housewives traits, and I think this is sometimes the downfall as well as uh, such big egos all in one room and nobody can ever admit when they're wrong or when they're, so it's, it's just all of this energy that, you know, you're walking into it. it it's just got to be like walking into some weird battle. Uh, do you remember after it was finally finished, what you, what you did? Did you ladies all go have a drink? Did any, were people not talking to each other? We went to, no, we, there was a separation. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I it was Lisa, Leah, Lisa, Leah, Joanna, and I. We went to catch that seafood restaurant. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So, so we went there and we had dinner there. So, oh my god! So there's still no text chain with all you ladies of like, isn't it crazy that we were all on a show together? Like, you don't you, do you keep in touch with any of the ladies? I do. I keep in touch with Joanna a lot. Uh, I love her. She's still one of my best. Is she friends. good? Is she doing good? She is doing great. Uh, okay. She remarried. She did get divorced from Roman, and I'm still friends with Roman. Also, I adore Roman. It's just you know they were just not meant to be. They live in two different coasts. It was too difficult for them. It's weird. It is one of those things. Uh, being older and relationships is that I was talking about this yesterday on the pod. I was saying like, you know, as you get older, it's like you know you don't have to choose sides. Like you know, like what happens between two people is between. It doesn't mean that you can't talk to this other. Like they didn't do something directly to you, even though they hurt your friend. I mean, it's so complicated. But as you get older, it's not the high school that it used to once be where you can't talk to this person and you can't talk to this person, you know? Unfortunately, it's interesting that you said that because I was about to say that also. Um, I adore Lisa and I still, to this day, 
I think she got upset at the fact that I didn't back her up after her and Joanna had that mega fight. Really? And Still to this day? Wow. This day, yeah. They And she. I think she expected me to choose sides and, and pick her side. And come on, let's grow up. Um, I adore Lisa. And if I see her, I will always say hi to her. But she definitely moved away in that sense of, of not being so close to me. And I think she expected me to just choose her. And I, and I can't because it's, I know Joanna's essence. I know the, like I said, editing could show different sides that are really not that person. Um, I can tell you from experience because I know her wholeheartedly. And I've been, I was at her baby shower, you know, in, in LA and I was at her wedding and everything. She's a great person. She has a wonderful heart and she has a foundation also to rescue animals and and I respect that someone yeah. that that is not selfish and is not only thinking about their purses and their jewelry and but also giving back. I yeah. think that there's there's something to be said about that. Well, I mean, you did mention uh, Roman and Joanna, and I just watched that scene where he got busted with the email. And my, you know, I'm just like, men, men are so stupid. No offense to any guys listening. Men are just, we're just so dumb. And the fact that women fight over men is the weirdest thing because men are always going to be, uh, I hate, so sorry, you guys, like the lesser sex in a lot of ways, but then the women fight over these guys or like, how dare you? And it's like, men are just kind of, we're just dumb. Like we're in, like Roman got busted emailing some other girl at a club. And like, I'm like, and then Joanna cooked him dinner on the show. I'm like, he gets a dinner cooked because he got busted with an email. Like he, she, other guys will do. <laughs> well, that's well. And, and I know you've, uh, obviously moved on, but I do have to ask about, uh, your love interest on the show, uh, Rodolfo. Um, and I, I have to tell you, you know, sometimes like editing can do things like you said, but it is interesting that a lot of like people that watch that was like, we don't like this guy. We like you. We don't like this guy. And was that hard to get that feedback about a person that you actually cared about? And I know we can't predict, we can't know what it was like for you guys, but from yeah. us viewing, we had very strong opinions about him. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's 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 never been so true. The fact of hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, when you're in love, you are blinded, and you yeah. only you want to see rose petals, and you want to see everything. You know, with rose colored glasses. And it was an eye opener because I always I always try to give the benefit of the doubt, and and people can call me naive, and I think I'll agree with that because I always I don't think that people can actually be so evil on purpose. You know, I, I try to give them, they're like, oh, that it was by accident. That couldn't have happened. And I think the show was one of the best things that could have happened was the best lesson is to realize that although I've always been a people pleaser and I'm always smiling and I'm very outgoing and I don't have to be liked by everyone. And that's OK. I would always want to make sure that you like me because I haven't done it. I know. I was like, yeah, I always want to be liked. Yeah. But you realize, you know what, if you don't like me, that's okay. I, I don't have to struggle anymore and go out of my way for someone to like me. If you like me, I'm very transparent. Take me, hate me, love me. This is who I am. I'm not pretending to be anybody I'm not. And, and I think that was the best thing that came out of that show was that is to learn that, that I'm not going to fight for anyone's love or attention. If you want me, I'm here and I'll give you 120%. And if not, Ciao. Yeah. I mean, you gay. I mean, like I, I, I was, I was like, you are way better than him. And I know it is funny. No, no offense, Rodolfo, but, uh, but I do find it funny. I was talking to a, a, another housewife last week and, and I was saying how interesting if 
Like I would hate to continually talk about my college girlfriend. Like I would hate it. Like I would hate to be asked about like, but is it weird that that is something now you are tethered in a way to this person that most of us get the opportunity to forget and they don't have to revisit. But in a sense, you constantly will have to revisit this. Is that so weird? It, it is a little weird, but you know what? I think I'm used to it. I definitely am used to it by now. And I think it gives me a little bit of security in the sense that when people ask me, oh my gosh, Rodolfo, he was such a beep, you know, and, and I'm <laughs> That's like- That's an understatement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, and I just look at them and I smile and, but it, it's kind of a reminder to always, it's a reminder to myself to always know what I'm worth. And even though I may not see it, I always have to go with my gut instinct and I, and it just give myself more value. And, and I think that's what it, at the end of the day, it helped me to understand. And so when someone reminds me, it's a reminder for today's day and age, because we're human and we make mistakes and we were always constantly learning. Yeah. And I think that's what it kind of helped me because it's like, oh yeah, we're awful. We're not doing that again. I think it is interesting though. It's like, I know editing, like you said, can do things, but I think one of the fascinating things about a camera is that it really does pick up some kind of truth behind people's eyes. Like you can tell if somebody's like, well, that's basically a good person. They're putting, you know, like it can tell. And I think it can tell when some people have lascivious, like, you know, not great motives, you know? Um, In speaking of editing, what do you think the show got right about you? And what do you think the show got wrong about you? Um, I think what it did get right was, that's a good question. Thank um, you. <laughs> but the fact that, like you mentioned right when we started the, the podcast, was that they were able to see the loving relationship I have with my parents and how much I care for them because I think, you know, and this is not to name one certain person, I think just people in general, um, they you know, they become adults, they either they're married or they just move away or whatever. And then they just forget all the sacrifices that your parents did for you, you know, and whether you're married or single or live away, you can't forget that these are still your parents, you know, and, and one day you would want someone to repay that favor and take care of you when you're older. So I think that that was portrayed correct. Um, And I'm glad, I'm glad for that. And, but one of the things that I think I cringed a couple of times because, of course, we need to see the episode a week before because part of our contract is to write on the blog. Yeah, you, by the way, you guys, there, I mean, if you don't remember, there used to be Housewives blogs, which now is like, I think they're all fighting on Twitter and Instagram, but you guys used to have to write the blogs and that would start so much drama. You would have to write blogs, right? Oh, it was incredible because we, part of our homework was to, we would get sent the CDs, the DVD, we had to watch the whole episode and then comment on it. And we had to turn that blog in right before the episode would actually air everything else. And it was just, I, I would cringe sometimes when I saw some of the scenes. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> because yes, I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. Yes, I'm a very, I'm always smiling. But sometimes I remember there was one scene, just a couple of different scenes that we were making faces at each other. We were at some foundation and Rodolfo and I, and I stuck my tongue out at him. And sure enough, that's the scene that aired. I'm like, oh, if I would have known me. I oh, yeah. You had a couple, face. you had a couple kissing scenes on there. You had a couple, oh, I mean, you. <laughs> yes. And I cringe. I was, I remember seeing, I was like, oh. 
I, it was just, it was mortifying because it, of course, they need to put that drama in and make sure that I capture any little of those moments. And I literally would say, if I would not know me, I would not like me. I, would, I was like, oh gosh. Oh, that's interesting. If I, that's interesting. Like you, so you could see sometimes when yeah. you would get bad feedback, why? That's interesting. I remember cringing. I was like, oh, she, uh, you know, it looked so annoying or it just, it was just the wrong moment. Oh, and I, you know, just moments that I would just do something or say something. And oh, yeah. Well, I always try to tell my listeners like how bizarre it would be to like, if you say you go out on a Friday night with your friend group and then on Saturday they do interviews with your friend group about that night. And then you have to watch it back. And all of a sudden you're like, he drank way too much. He was sweaty. Well, that's like how imagine having to hear about yourself about the night before what that experience, it must be like a punch in the gut sometimes. Definitely. Definitely. I had a couple of punches in the gut throughout that whole season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, and did that lead to kind of like, I might not need this the third season. I might. Definitely. Just because like I said, I don't regret what I did because thanks to that is the opportunity to have done the doctors yeah. that I went and many other shows that I was called for. Um, so there's no regrets. I don't think you regret anything. I think everything's, uh, you know, a building block to becoming a better person if you choose that that's the route you want to go. Or if you want to stay in high school and never learn and just go around a circle. <laughs> then you can stay in the housewives, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, as we start wrapping up, you were involved in probably one of the most iconic, I think, housewives, because you uh, had the honor of beating somebody to a tweet, which <laughs> uh, really people don't realize if you haven't seen the show, there is a huge story arc where her and Adriana are at a uh, art showing and she takes a picture with Adriana as like one of her heroes and you tweeted it out before she tweeted it out. And this, led, this led to a huge argument because you didn't appreciate this man as much as she did and you beat her to the tweet. And it is one of the funniest lines because she is so serious about it and she keeps I, I it makes me laugh to no end but it it sums up social media so well to me of somebody beating like that level of uh wanting the spotlight before i mean it, it it's hysterical yes it's it, i remember when i did it and anybody who knows me like i said i don't portray to be somebody i'm not i've always you know i love art and i didn't know who he was um, but I'm always taking pictures with celebrities or yeah. people that I know, and I'm always posting them and it's just who I am. It, it was who I was 20 years ago. It's who I am today. That's never going to change. That's, I love posting pictures. So when the fact that she started arguing and I find this out that she beat me to the tweet, I was like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? You <laughs> this is the worst thing that I did either that or that my smile scares small children. That's the worst thing you can say about me. Then I'm not doing so bad. Me me and my friend Maritza say you beat me to the tweet all the time. We (laughs) always uh, throw that back and forth. Uh, I know she is no longer with us. Mama Elsa, uh, she was a fan favorite. Really, I mean, was it some? I mean, did she was she as charismatic as it came off on? I mean, what was your experience with her? I know it probably was minimal, but she really did come off like a presence. Did you see why everybody liked her so much? Well, absolutely. You know, people want to like things that are different, people that are different. And she was very charismatic. Yeah. In peace. And after um, after the show ended, although I didn't see eye to eye a lot with Marisol during the show, 
um, we spoke and, and water under the bridge, you know, realized a lot of things. And it was interesting because if you remember uh, the episode in Bimini, right before we took off to Bimini, you have to, it was interesting because Mama Elsa, at that moment, you see the maliciousness of some of the housewives. And yeah. we'll say it out there, Alexia in particular, she wanted so much to rub it in my face that Rodolfo was cheating on me. And they they were brainstorming how they were going to do this, how to humiliate me, how to do all this, you know, so to make me look as bad as I could. And it got to the point that they put a couple of different scenes. I haven't seen it in a while. A couple of different scenes of them with the article, with the picture and with the paparazzi shot of them kissing uh, Rodolfo and that, that actress. And even Elsa, one of the episodes in that episode says, you guys stop already. You guys are like grow up already. Like you guys are being childish. And she's on team. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She has to be. Yeah. So but even then she saw what was right and what was wrong and she still called them out on it. So that's she cool. in a wizard. I mean, there's a point that, yes, you realize you're doing a TV show, but to what point are you sacrificing your integrity? To what point are you sacrificing the person that you are and what you stand for? I mean, I'm sure you get caught up in those moments and it kind of probably highlights like every bad impulse you have. I would imagine if cameras are on you and you're, you're getting feedback of like, that was great. That was great. I'm assuming that probably has something to do with it, but especially if you're actually going through real pain to then have ladies hop on that bandwagon when it's like, they should be going after Rodolfo and not be going after you. But it was like, did in the, in the end of that, did you end up believing like people like Anna who was seemed to want to be after you as well? Um, I, I didn't believe wrong. I'll be no, honest. I know you didn't believe it. I mean, is that, yeah. Cause I, until after, and then we spoke after and, and actually I, I've spoken to Anne a couple of times yeah. and, um, so, and I don't have no, no problems yeah. at all. Uh, but yeah, at that moment it's, I think it's because of the way they did it, that you don't want to believe it because if somebody comes to you wholeheartedly with with the sweetness and with compassion and empathy and they want to talk to you and they say, look, we found this, but it was just all Machiavellic. It was all malicious. It was just the whole sole purpose of that was just to hurt me, not because they cared about my feelings and wanted me to know the truth. Yeah. I mean, so, it's for, it's for TV. used to want to believe any of them, you know, they didn't come out of the kindness of their heart to want to tell me. So it's your defense mechanism is to not believe anything at all and say, of course they have to be lying. They have to be lying. Well, this has just been about the the best hour that I could have thought. I mean, it really just above and beyond. I, there, I, I talk to a lot of these people now, as you know, uh, you guys, and she really see you. You just seem so real and so down to earth, and like like a friend. Like you really have such a great energy, and I want people to. Uh, I, I really find that amazing, and a credit to you because a lot of people. Uh, I don't know. You just you just have such a great energy. How do we support you? I know you don't really need. I mean, but like, how do we? Oh, how we, do we all need support. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. I'll never say I don't need it. And there's so many goals that I want to accomplish in life. And like I said, every day it's about growing and moving forward and I'm moving back. Um, and the best way to support me is through my foundation. That's the best thing. And and, and, and we just go to your website to find out more about that. Sharing Smiles Foundation. It is an official 501c3. Um, whether you want to do it out of the kindness of your heart or kindness of your heart, but also get a tax write-off. A lot of corporations, a lot of businesses will give it to Uncle Sam and they don't want to do that. 
So you can definitely get a tax write-off and tax benefit through that foundation. And that's the best way you can help me help others. And if anybody's teeth fall out in Coral Gables, are we allow? are we, I mean, you're probably booked up, but can we uh, look you up? You can look me up and uh, you can just Google my name and I'm writing Coral Gables. But, you know, I have patients that come from Fort Lauderdale, from Coconut Creek, uh, from Miami Beach. So I'm happy. Well, to- I'm, I'm coming out in October. So I'm going to try to knock one of my teeth out in October to well, try to, no, to meet you in person. But, but um, you don't have to knock it out. I would love to host you and come by. And we'll, I'll take Oh, my God. Let, that would be that would make my year. Um, you guys, Karen Sierra. Uh, one of my favorites, I know one of your favorites, we'll never forgive her for not doing the third season and the reboot, but we know there are good reasons why. She has one of the best hearts that I've talked to in this business. So please go out and support her, keep her in your thoughts, send good energy her way. And uh, I hope you'll come back when that Lifetime show happens so we can promote that as well. Definitely. It's it's in the works, like I said, it's hopefully going to be coming I'll let you know within the next couple of months, Aida will definitely let you know, Please. Um, but we'll be doing a, I know we'll be filming a sizzle reel within the next couple of weeks. So I think, I think by September, October, we'll start filming. So, well, thank you for your housewife service and, and we will, we'll definitely talk to you next time. Definitely. Thank you. And thank you so much for the interview. You are awesome. And I got to tell you, you have wonderful energy too. So oh, I'm putting that on my vision board. Okay. <laughs> Betches.